Welcome to the My Beyond Life podcast. The goal of this podcast is to equip, enable, and empower today's Christian woman to live a life beyond the lies, the limits, and the labels that Satan so often places on or all around us. In today's lesson, we'll continue our series on real talk about raw emotions. Lord, thank you so much for being good to us. Thank you for your answers to prayer. Thank you, Lord, for each woman sitting in this room. Lord, just in talking to uh, so many ladies, God, it's been a hard week. Talking to some ladies, Lord, it's been a rough week. I know myself personally, it's been a trying week. So God, I'm asking that, Lord, we would just kind of stop everything, stop all of the stuff that's on our mind, step away, Get in your presence, listen, learn, and sit at your feet. I know I need that today, and I know just talking to a bunch of ladies, they need that too. Thank you, Lord, for the wins that I heard, for the answers to prayer that I heard. Thank you, Lord, for um, the wins that we've had this week. There have been many, and I'm grateful. I ask God you bless this time together. Speak to our hearts. Minister to each woman where they are and what they're facing in their situation. I sure do love you tonight, Lord, and I'm grateful for all that you've done and what you're going to continue to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, we have learned five important things to engage in for your healing. We've learned about Bible reading, and remember, we're heading over now to the book of Romans, if that's where you are. If you're still in John, stay in John. We don't all have to be together, okay? But if you're finished with John, head over to Romans, read one chapter a day, and keep going in your psalm. Keep going in your psalms, okay? We've learned the importance of praying. We've learned the importance of uh, breaking through in that focused prayer each day. We've learned the importance of journaling. Okay, I want a show of hands. How many in this room have had a journaling breakthrough at some point? Wow. Wait, wait, just keep your hands up for just a minute. I want to bask for just a moment. Girls, that's a lot of women. That's a lot of women. I had one this week where I just some stuff I'm dealing with, and I took a look at it, and I was like, I had no idea I was feeling that. I had no idea I was struggling with that. And journaling every single day is what helped me get to that point. So that's an important, important aspect. Engaging with your life groups. I am hearing so many stories of uh, Miss Amy, our group text is just helping me every single day. Someone's sharing what they got out of the book of John. Someone's sharing a verse. Someone's doing this. It's encouraging me. Girls, it's, it's making a difference. It's making a difference, and I'm so excited. And then last week, we talked about serving and how important serving is to your healing, getting out of your little circle, out of your own family, and reaching out. We saw an eternal difference in um, Hannah's testimony and how the Lord had used serving and a chainsaw and a servant's heart to make a difference in someone's forever. How amazing is that? Can't you, can you not imagine when they were sitting there in heaven and God says, oh, 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 Jester, come up here. Tell the angels how you got saved. Angels, did y'all know somebody could get saved through through a chainsaw ministry? Y'all didn't know that? Well, Chester's going to tell you about it. Who knew 
that, a, you know, a fallen tree could lead to someone getting over their fallen state. How amazing. How amazing. Okay. Let's take a look at 1 Corinthians 6. I do want you to go there if you've got your Bible. Hopefully you do. Because I want you to do some underlining. 1 Corinthians chapter number 6. 1 Corinthians chapter number 6. I'll help you out. It's right in front of 2 Corinthians. <laughs> 1 Corinthians chapter number 6. It's actually after the book of Romans, which some of you are reading. So, All right. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? For ye are bought with a price. Now, here's it's how I'll highlight it up there. Ready? Therefore, this is what I want you to underline. Glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. So if you want to circle body and circle spirit, those are two different places that you are supposed to glorify God. And that's what we're going to talk about today. How on earth do we glorify God in our body, in our physical human form with this thing that we have, these two eyes, these two ears, these knees, these toes, all of us, head, shoulders, knees, and toes. How do we glorify God in this body? Well, here's a few things. First of all, your personal discipline. Your personal discipline. This is your active obedience to living life the way God said to live it. That's, what all, the, that's all this is. It's your personal discipline. Saying yes where God said yes, saying no where God said no. When you want to say it, you don't because you shouldn't. When you want to bask in that emotion and be a victim, you don't because God said don't. It's doing what goes against your nature. Okay, everybody nod your head. It's doing what goes against your nature. Okay? That's personal discipline. Because if it was easy for you to do, then it wouldn't be a discipline, would it? How we cope. I want you to think for just a moment. What is it that you run to when you're hurt? What's your knee-jerk reaction? How many of us go have a counseling session with little Debbie? She's a terrible therapist, by the way. She thinks nothing but of herself. See what I'm saying? How many of us blast someone on Facebook? How many of us pick up the phone and chew off somebody's ear and tell them all kinds of terrible things about so-and-so-and-so-and-so-and-so-and-so? What is your natural inclination, your flesh go-to when you're hurt, when you're stressed, when you're tired, when you're hangry, whatever it is you are? What is it? You need to identify it or you'll never defeat it. And then you need to come up with a workaround. What do I do when I'm hurt and I'm feeling vulnerable and I'm feeling like running to this thing that I run to that's a false coping mechanism? Because all it does is create another pit. Whatever it is, if it's not scripture, if it's not prayer, if it's not seeking God, if it's not seeking godly counsel, it's not the right coping mechanism. Okay? Our actions, our words, our behaviors, our habits, and our treatment of others. 
All of those are ways we can glorify God from head to toe. That's important. It's important to know. So what does this glorify thing mean? What does that mean? First of all, let's have a little English lesson. It is a verb. It is not a noun. Now, who can remember what's the difference between a noun and a verb? A verb is a what kind of word? Say it louder. Louder. One more time. It's not a thing. It's something you do. It's a behavior. It's a pattern. It's a cycle. It's a habit. It's a word. It's a thought. It's an emotion. These are things that you do. That's what the word glorify means. Look at that. It's a verb. What does it mean? The praise and worship of God. Listen to this. Acknowledge and reveal the majesty and splendor of God by one's actions. Man, the word glorify packs a punch. Look at it again. To acknowledge and reveal the majesty and splendor of God by your actions. So here's my questions. Did your actions this week show off God or show up our flesh? Did our actions this week, were they a verb revealing God's glory? Because that's what we're commanded to do. We're commanded to be a verb Christian. We're commanded to be a verb that glorifies God. I've learned that in the caterpillar butterfly life cycle, the caterpillar is the stage where it is the most vulnerable. It only has two defense mechanisms against all those predators who love the yummy snack. And you can see one in this picture quite clearly. One is being prickly, and two is being bitter. Those are the two defense mechanisms of a caterpillar. And aren't those two defense mechanisms of our caterpillar stage two? Prickly and bitter. Man, when I read that on the internet, I was like, oh my goodness. Does that not describe caterpillar living or what? We are prickly and we are bitter. But the butterfly. The butterfly. Now, we've talked about this, but I'm going to refresh because it's been a while. We talked about how that the wings of a butterfly have absolutely no color on their own. They're made up of thousands upon thousands upon thousands of clear scales. Think contact lenses. That's what it's like. They're clear scales. And those clear scales get their color by reflecting light in a certain way. So a blue butterfly reflects it and shows the blue out of the prism. An orange butterfly reflects and shows the orange out of the prism and so forth and so on. But did you know this? This is the coolest thing. Did you know that a butterfly, when it is threatened, one of the most amazing defense mechanisms of this creature is it can adjust the scales so that it can reflect light in a new and different way. 
So that orange butterfly can change the scales up a little bit and it turns pink or it turns red or it turns blue or, and it confuses the predator. Because all of a sudden the butterfly that it was chasing that it knows is a yummy snack that looks like this other butterfly that it ate one time, all of a sudden it's not blue anymore. So it goes, wait, I don't know if this is what I really want to eat because it's not the same as what I thought it was. So when we are hurt or we're threatened or something is coming at us, our defense mechanism as a transformed woman of God is supposed to be to reflect God in a new and different way. And then Satan's going to get real confused because he's going to say, wait a minute, she's always been blue right here. I have always get her, gotten her to be blue. She's always run to little Debbie for her help. She's always binge watched for her help. She's always got really quiet and sullen and prickly. Why is she not doing this now? I'm confused. Because she's always done this. I have her in this area. She's mine. But as a transformed woman, we don't have to be his. He doesn't own our cycles. He doesn't own our thought patterns. He'll tell us he does. But if we can reflect God in a new and different way, do you see how powerful that could be? Do you see how that could defeat an enemy? So one job you can do this week is journal this out. How can I reflect God differently in this hurt? What's a way I've not reflected him? Maybe it's in the area of being kind to the one who's hurt you. Maybe you've avoided talking to them, but you've never given kind words to them. See how that's a different reflection? Maybe it's choosing to forgive. Maybe it's choosing to give instead of expecting to be given to. What is the new and different way that you can verb glorify God in this scenario? Because we've all got a repetitive scenario in our life that keeps hurting us over and over and over again. So that's our job. Reflecting light in a new and different way that will confuse the enemy. Listen to this. I love this. New research on butterflies is proving that these insects are capable of an astonishing range of clever behaviors from thwarting attacks to outwitting competitors from learning lessons to navigating long distances notice the caterpillar was not able to do these things only after it transformed can the butterfly do this i want you to see what you're capable of because whose are you and who's in you? In and of yourself, we're over here in Caterpillar, Caterpillarville. <laughs> That's hard to say. Caterpillarville. That's where we are. And we are not capable of these things without his touch. But once we have that touch, and once we have him inside of us and we're obeying and we're connected and we're engaging, look at what we can do. Now, remember it said glorify God in body and in spirit. So here's number two, spirit. What does that mean? It means breath, mental disposition, our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, or thinking. 
Now in our body, that's everything out here. That's everything everybody can see and hear and measure and touch and point to and video record. That's everything other people can see. But now this is where it's just you and God. This is on the inside. What you're thinking, what you're mulling over, what you're chewing on. That's what this is. This is your mental disposition. How do you feel about that person? What are you thinking about that person? That family member, that ex-family member, that coworker, that person who used to be a friend. See, the body will never glorify God until this glorifies God first. You know what we try to do? We try to go around fixing the outside without adjusting this part. And it ain't gonna happen. We've got to address this first. What are we thinking? What's on repeat in your head? Are you replaying? Are you rehashing? Are you rethinking? Are you having the argument in your head over and over and over again of what you should have said? What you could have said? How right you are? This separates us from being right and being righteous. Being right and being righteous are two very, very different things. Very different things. Being right and being righteous. So that's the spirit. So what, what does that look like? Attitudes, thoughts, decisions, emotions, and here's a big one, self talk self talk what do i mean by self talk what do i mean by that we do have a constant reel to you remember those reel to reel projector things that you used to have in class i'm dating myself y'all remember those if you don't shut up okay <laughs> But y'all remember, I can still hear it click, 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 click. Y'all remember that when they used to have to take the film strip out and put it around and make it go? You have one of those in your head. And we choose what movie reel to put on the projector. And if we are replaying that hurt and that argument and that disappointment over and over and over again, and if we're replaying the victim reel, over and over and over again, you will never glorify God in any of those. It's impossible to glorify God and watch toxic movies in your head and listen to toxic words in your head. Toxic in, toxic out. Toxic in, toxic out. There comes a point where we have to stop, and I'm preaching to myself, we have to stop wanting to be proven right. We have to let vengeance be his. Things aren't going to be fair. People aren't going to treat you right. We're not in heaven yet. One day, yes. One day, everything's going to be fair. One day, everything's going to be okay. One day, everyone's going to sing kumbaya and get along. Even your family. That'll be the biggest miracle of heaven yet. But here's the thing. Until then, in the meantime, 
Isn't meantime written correctly? Because it's meantime. In the meantime, what are we going to control and what are we going to do about what we can control? I can control this in my head. I can't control it in yours. You can control it in your head, but you can't control it to that, in that girl that's sitting inside of you. We have to control our own thoughts. We have to control our own actions. I cannot control the person's actions who's hurting me. And where we will want to beat our head up against the wall is when we keep trying. Or when we keep trying to figure out the other person and keep trying to understand their psyche and keep, you're not going to understand a narcissist. A narcissist is not going to make sense. They're not going to follow logic. And it will drive a logical person up the wall trying to figure them out. Because one plus one is supposed to equal two. In a narcissist world, one plus one equals 12 because they said so. Anybody ever had that joy in life? Where you try and you try and you try to understand and you just can't and it drives you insane. There comes a time when you just have to let it go. Open those hands up. Give God those ashes and say, God, you're going to give me comfort. You're going to give me joy. You're going to give me healing, but I've got to lay down my ashes first. That's all kinds of ash kind of thinking, all kinds of ash kind of thoughts that lead to ash kind of behavior. That's what we've got to get to. 2 Corinthians 1, 3 through 4 says this, because I have a lot of people say, what does it look like when my hurt gets redeemed? How do I know when it's redeemed? This is how you know. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, and the God of all comfort, who comforteth us in our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble, by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. So what does that mean in a graph? This is what it looks like. It's like a funnel. A funnel who is closed up at the top can't receive anything, can it? But if you will go through life like this, okay, now take a look. Go through life like this. And no, I'm not saying that they scored. I'm opening up to receive God's mercy and God's comfort and God's grace. I can't do it like this. I can't receive God's grace with my hands, my arms crossed, being prickly. God didn't hurt me. That person did. God did everything that he promised to do to stop that person from hurting you. It wasn't God's will for them to hurt you. Woman sitting in here who was abused as a child, don't you sit there and let the devil tell you he did nothing, that God did nothing. Don't you let him tell you that lie. Yes, God did. That person didn't listen. That person didn't listen. They chose to hurt you. God did not. But isn't the devil real good at getting the two mixed up in your head? 
real good at getting that person mixed up in your head. God did not hurt you. If I feel safe with God, I'll do this. Then I will receive his comfort, and then I'll turn around and give it. That's when a hurt is redeemed. When I receive, turn, and give, you might as well hear, ka up in heaven, hurt redeemed. Hurt redeemed. She got what I needed to give her so that she could turn and give what that person needed. That's when a hurt gets redeemed. Have you ever come across somebody that was going through a hard time and you're like, oh, honey, I've been there. Let's sit down and talk. You're going to be okay. You're going to get through this. It's going to be all right. God has you. Let me tell you how God has had me. That's a hurt redeemed. And that glorifies God like nothing else in your hurt. If this is our goal, we'll reach it. But you know who a person is that never reaches a goal? It's a person who never sets one. So in your hurt, set a goal. By this time next year, or this time six months from now, I want to have helped one person. I want to share my story. I want to open up and be vulnerable in front of someone and tell them how good you were and how faithful you were. But I'm going to have to open up to receive it. I have to open up to receive it. So here's some things that we can do to help us glorify God. Remembering what God has done in your past. Going back and just counting your blessings. Making a list. Y'all do know that can be a journal entry in the morning, don't you? There's sometimes I just say, thank you, God, for, and then I just let my pen go. And I don't use proper punctuation. I don't use commas and periods and capitals, and my handwriting is horrible. I'm sorry, Mrs. Seegers from third grade. My handwriting is horrible. You just let it go. Thank you for this. Thank you for that. Thank you for this. Thank you for that. You've been this. You've been that. There's sometimes I will just start out and say, thank you, God, for being my comforter, my provider, my deliverer, my healer, my co all these things. And I just keep going until I can't think of another one. And I don't even use Google to help me. I just think of everything he's ever been to me. And I let my pen praise him. That's what journaling is. It's letting your pen praise him. It's letting your pen cry when you're hurt. It's letting your pen vent when you're mad. It's a whole lot better than letting your mouth do it. Trust me. It's, <laughs> it's a whole lot better. You don't ever have to say I'm sorry for something you wrote in your journal. I give you permission not to say I'm sorry for something you wrote in your journal. You might need to burn it afterwards, but that's okay. Just get you some s'mores and go have fun. It's okay. Magnifying God in your present. Remember, a magnifying glass can only magnify one thing at a time. What is being magnified in your hurt? Is it your hurt? Is it your hurter? 
What is it? Your heart? All the mess that they made? You can only magnify one thing at a time. What's being magnified in your heart and in your heart? Believing God for your future. Completing the assignment he's given by engaging in obedience. Doing life God's way. Yes, sir. Exalting him in our day-to-day living. Humbling ourselves and repenting where necessary. And working on goals and discipline daily. All of these are ways we can be a verb. Because I will tell you right now, this noun kind of living ain't cutting it. It's just not cutting it. I want to be a verb. I want to make God look good. But it's going to take all of this to be able to flip my scales around a little bit and start reflecting God in new and different ways. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word. God, there was nothing special in this lesson. There was nothing amazing in this lesson. There was nothing earth-shattering in this lesson. This lesson was nothing these ladies haven't heard or thought before. But God, I pray we'd walk out of this room and be ready to be verbs. Be ready to do and engage and achieve and work and stop and start and whatever verb it is we need to incorporate into our day on Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday. Help us to let our pins glorify you this week. Maybe some of our pins need to weep this week. Maybe some of our pins need to rant this week. It's okay. It's okay. Lord, help us to work through while we walk through so that we can glorify you. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen.